Hi, I'm Han. And I'm Sheree. You're listening to It Just Got Real. So Sheree, as this year comes to a close and things just continue to feel more and more real about 2020, where's your realness at right now? It's in my late, late past to the COVID feelings that everyone else was feeling in like March, April, May, June, July, and August. I feel like... (laughs) You're just catching up. I'm just finally being like, shit is real in these COVID streets, like at a very deep internal level. And I'm feeling some things that I've never felt, particularly at work, like in work. Like my motivation and clarity have sort of been plaguing me for a few weeks now. And what recently happened is I ended up canceling like every meeting on my calendar. I can't take any inputs. I can't. When did that happen? Just last week. Wow. And it was, some of it was like just things that were happening, but also like recurring things. Like I just started to feel like we're just doing this and I couldn't find the place it was coming from. I have never felt like that when it comes to my company. And I realize a couple of things are kind of happening, or at least I think a couple of things are kind of happening. I think one of them is just the like rush to pivot and then being in the pivot, but like not spending enough time like thinking about it and trying to sort of move fast and break things. But mm-hmm. having a very public business makes that like a little messier than when you're like pre-launch move fast and break things. You know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. there's like that bucket of friction. Then there's a the general like, I was really excited about building this travel company. And that came from a very particular place that I cultivated and worked on. And so with the reality of COVID, being a travel company, maybe not being the best place for us to sit and exist over the next 18 months and really over the future, you know, asking myself that question of, if you had money in the bank today, what would you build? And that answer not coming as quickly or as clearly as the original what I should build question. That's probably the other bucket. And I think the last one is that as a person, I've been building this thing for almost five years in different forms. And who I was at 32 trying to start a company versus who I am at 37 is in a different place. So some of the ways of operating that worked before don't work for me anymore. I don't want to have to not have any life at all so I can be a successful startup founder. Like I want to figure out how to still be a present mom, maybe be a partner. I'm 37 now. Mm -hmm. And so this one more than any other thing is the realest thing I'm feeling. It's like, what is the operating system for the life I want that has nothing to do with my company, but knowing that I'm not ready to fold. I have a lot of conviction about the problem we're trying to solve and the things we're trying to create. But what I'm clear about is that the operating system from which I do it from has changed, is changing, needs to evolve in order for me to build something amazing that people love and are obsessed about in this current context of my life. Keep yourself like fulfilled and happy and 
keep your creative tap turned on through all of it as well. Yeah, I feel that. I feel like I've gone through like multiple operating system shifts in my life and my career. And a lot of the time it has been associated with age too. And Mm. we're like more or less the same age. And also we should wish you a happy, somewhat belated birthday on the podcast. Thank you. So that everybody knows it was Sheree's birthday. It was my birthday. And it was great. It looked great. I was really sad that I couldn't be there. Same, but at least we had Mexico. But yeah, it's, it's, um, I mean, my, my friend Carmen, who's an amazing singer, she's foreign exchange, all the things you guys should check her out. Her music is incredible. And I think she's got something new coming. So like Carmen Rogers, look her up. She's amazing. She said to me that even in the past six months, she's seen a shift in, my relationship with work. Like I was the person that like waking up first thing, other things in life be damn, I was on my computer. Did I make a cup of tea? No. Did I get all my other stuff in order? No. It was just like, wake up and work, work through the day, stop, pause, and like help Trace with his homework, back to work until midnight. And that was how I have been building for the better part of doing this company. And I still need amazing results, but I don't think the results are going to come that way anymore. Mm -hmm. And I don't want them to. Mm -hmm. And so this like middle space of negotiating, well, what does it look like? What, what does getting those results look like? And like, how can you be really effective and get those results without having to live that life? Yeah. This really reminds me of a time in my life where I, had to do a serious like sort of operating system upgrade on my approach to my work. And it was probably about five or six years ago. Up until that point, I had been living pretty chaotically. Like I was late for everything. I was a super last minute person. I was like always pulling all-nighters to get the deadline done. Mm -hmm. But I was really effective. Like I got a lot of results and my way of getting results was just like, work hard, play hard. That yeah, was almost like, like brute force. Brute force. Yeah, absolutely. And like Monday to Friday, it was like absolute insanity. And on the weekends, it was also absolute insanity because I was just like partying. Yes. <laughs> and yes. for anybody who's lived in a, a city like New York or London, <laughs> they lend themselves really well to that lifestyle. <laughs> I think that was me for the better part of building my company. To, I feel like it's only been in the last year, maybe 18 months, that this shift started to happen. Yeah. And it's the timing is super interesting given the world we're in. It was having an executive role that kind of kicked my ass and was like, you can't, you can't be like this anymore. You actually got to grow up a bit. Mm-hmm. And realizing that I needed to make like a series of changes to be a more, more methodical, organized person about how I approach things. Yeah. Be more... Um, cautious and thoughtful of other people's time because especially like the further you rise up in the ranks in business like you need to be really on top of your shit when it comes to other people's time like you're asking them for things you're asking them for meetings trying to like do what you need to do like you have to be so conscientious not to waste their time which sort of means that you can't waste your own time which sort of means you just need to be really organized about a lot of things yeah 
So a lot of it was like forcing factors like that, like life kind of being like, you need to like up level yourself, Hannah. But also I think I was like exhausting myself from like living in a fairly chaotic way. Yeah. I was like burning myself out. I was making things more difficult for myself than they really had to be. Here's a very simple example. I review my calendar every night before I go to sleep and I make sure that all my meetings are in place for the next day, flip through them to make sure that everybody that's supposed to be invited is invited. I like do a quick mental check on like, am I prepped for all these meetings? Do I need to create notes for them? Do people need pre-reads? If it wasn't the pandemic, it would be like, is the location set? Do I need to email somebody's assistant and confirm like yeah. how I get into this stupid building, etc. And like, it just makes the next day so much easier. And like, I remember there was a time when I didn't do that. And I would be like, making all sorts of mistakes and like wasting my own time and like just not being, not being organized and thinking back on it. I'm like, how did I even live that way? Like that is so chaotic. Like how did I even live without like reviewing my calendar the night before? That's like unthinkable for me now. Like I would never do that. Like I can't even fall asleep without knowing what the next day looks like. (laughs) Yeah. Now I think I'm actually in a different but similar place, which is like, I also need a bit of an operating system upgrade. But this time it's like the pendulum is too far in the other direction. And part Mm. of this is also COVID, which is like every day is the same right now, Mm -hmm. but it's like too organized. Like I'm craving a little bit of like just a tiny bit of chaos isn't quite the right word, but like serendipity or difference in my routine because every day is the same and I'm so organized now. It's like, I get up at the same time, I work out, I like have a a series of things that I do to set up the day before I really attack my email. And then I kind of like give myself some wild card days. If I know the email is going to be like hopping right when I get out of bed, then like, okay, I'm going to like deal with this for like 30 minutes and then like stop it and like tools down and go do my other stuff and come back to it. Because sometimes there is just the reality on the West Coast that like people on the East Coast are going to be needing stuff at like 6.30 or 7 in the morning and you're going to have to deal with it. So, yeah, not everything is perfect, right? But it's pretty organized and it's pretty boring now. Mm. (laughs) It's funny. It's interesting that we're sort of having intersectional moments in our lives Mm. where like I sort of feel like what I want the most is like some routine. I'm finding that being more methodical is where I'm going in all aspects of my life, not even just with work, but like I am learning to be more methodical and to slow down and to consider in every touch point that I have. And that is really interesting for a person who generally is like passion first, get it done, hail Mary, rush of idea. That was totally me. Like everything was fueled by passion and like passion can run out at a certain point. And then it's like, what is your practice? This is a process I think I've been going through for a few months now. Like I think I've been slowly coming to it and I had this move and, and I'm just like waiting for the moment where I can like plop down and just be like, all right, And I'm already like beginning to claim those moments. And I think it's important to say this is not like a work-life balance thing. I I personally don't believe in that. And I know Han is not about that (laughs) as a, like, that's just not a thing. It's about like, from where are you 
building from? What is the foundational tool set you're using to put the things into the world that you believe it needs and that you're proud of? And there was a time when that well for me was human interaction and energy and late night at the club where I would meet some cool person and that's how all the things would happen. And we popped the bottles and then I'd be hungover. And then like, now we've got to think, and like, that was a way. Now you got to go to the meeting and it's fine. Yep. <laughs> it's different. Like it's, it's going to come from a different place now. You know, I'm beginning, mm-hmm. I'm beginning this writing practice and I've got like some other things happening and I'm like, you still got it in you and you still have something to put into the world but it's going to come from a different way now. Yeah. I mean, I think this is something that also never goes away, that like the work we do is a constant negotiation between ourselves and how we want to put it out in the world. And that's Mm -hmm. going to change as we age, depending on what else is going on in our lives, the Mm -hmm. kind of way that we want to get the work done. And I think anybody that's really good at their work constantly has this ongoing dialogue with themselves. Like, I know that this isn't unique. No, it's not. And I hope folks listening, like, definitely see it. I was talking to um, my new spiritual guide. I have a spiritual guide now in in Brooklyn. I had a conversation with her, and she was like, you're still supposed to be doing the work that you're supposed to be doing, but you're supposed to be doing it from a different place. And also I want to say to people listening that, this isn't about good or bad. There's no right or wrong way to do things. Absolutely. Like I don't look down upon myself for doing things in a chaotic way and working hard and playing hard. Like that worked really well for me for many years and yeah. I loved it and I felt great and it was giving me energy. And so like, if that's your jam and that's how you're getting it done and you're enjoying it, like live that life. Like, I don't think that this is about like, this is good or this is bad. I really get frustrated when I hear people trying to like blame or shame different creative routines because what works for one person is not going to work for another person. And for most people, I think this is a constant like internal dialogue and and sometimes battle with like the person you are and the work that you want to get done because any important work requires a degree of solitude and discomfort that no human being really wants to subject themselves to. Let's be honest. Right. That, the facts are nobody <laughs> wants to do the this. Facts. So how are you going to get it done is the question. Period. Period. <laughs> period. Yeah. I remember once reading this passage by Susan Sontag about this, and she was talking about how she really loved people and loves talking to them, but knows that like writing is a fairly act that you do in solitude and you kind of have to just like sit down and do it and how that totally sucks and how she like felt like she needed to be around people to have the experiences and have the conversations so that she had subject matter to write about but then like to actually get the writing done she basically had to sit her ass down and do it and I was like see even you who are like a super famous author even you are struggling with this shit (laughs) And, and that's the part where it's like when you move into a new playing field oh, what worked then just isn't what's going to work now. Or it yeah. could work, but not for you, and you don't want to do it. Like, it's 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 interesting. So I'm sort of happy that I see the shift, but I still have to do it as a shift. But at least, like, that moment of recognizing that you need a shift. 
Yeah. And being able to name it, I think, beyond just like, oh, I'm going to try living in one place instead of being so nomadic, like getting energy from different sources. I think the fact that you're able to just name this is really cool. Thank you. Yeah. Look at us. I feel like our, our real moments are like therapy. So I have like a quick record scratch moment to talk about, which is I was having a conversation with my friend Amanda, six feet apart outside wearing masks, who just moved here from New York. And she's like, LA is like shut down. And I'm like, oh yeah, it's been like this Mm. since March. And she was like, I didn't realize what was happening here. And I was like, I've been trying to explain this to my New York friends. Like, this is why I feel like I'm going absolutely insane. And I don't think they were really like understanding the the levels. Mm-hmm. Like, I think they heard me, but they didn't like understand. Like, LA went into lockdown very soon, arguably maybe a little bit too soon. So like people never really saw the effects mm. of the pandemic getting out of hand before it went into lockdown. So they didn't really take it seriously. Mm. And then because they didn't take it seriously, nothing ever really got that much better. And so actually the COVID rates just kind of like steadily rose until like July and August when they got super bad. And then they kind of dropped a little bit in September and October. And now they're like going through the roof again. Mm. And it's like, you've just got all these people that are not really complying with the rules and they don't really seem to think that it's that serious. And like, granted, there's more space and you're in your car and you have a backyard or like, whatever. It's not New York City. But also they're like not following the rules that you have to do. And so like nothing is ever getting better. So everything is just staying closed. So we've been in like shit has been like hard closed here, like basically since April. Wow. Everything is on limited hours. Everything is like super shut down. And so unlike New York, where things shut down, they dealt with it. And then you had this summer reprieve sort of where things opened back up again. And also the city put some ways into like stimulating those different businesses, like restaurants got extra outdoor seating and patio space was able to take over the streets. And it was sort of like Europe. And that was great for a while. Like that just didn't happen here. So like restaurants are still operating at like lower capacities. There was no extra outdoor seating that was really given to them. And Mm. it's just like closed, like very closed. And now it's about to get even more closed because we just had like our worst week ever Damn. Yeah, like cases rose by like 107% last week. Damn. Um, It's pretty serious here right now. So now they're like going into hard lockdown again where they're like actually closing everything on Wednesday. I feel like this is going to go, like obviously the U.S. is going to go down in history for having like drastically mishandled this. But like the West Coast, like California is like really doing a bad job of handling this. Because it's just like dragging out forever. And what you've got is a bunch of people who are fatigued. They are sick of this because they have been dealing with this level of lockdown since March. So that is like almost all year long. And so they're fatigued. So they're like, okay, well, now I'm just going to get together with my friends because, you know, this seems fine. And we've been like in lockdown forever and like everything, you know, Seems okay. And like, meanwhile, now like cases are going through the roof. Yeah. It's really hard. I mean, even even here with Thanksgiving coming up, it's been so interesting just to be in the conversations about like, mm. what are you doing for Thanksgiving? Even the, the security around like in New York, getting a test is super easy. 
So I know a lot of people who are like going to go get a test and then going to go to like a, a less than 10 person dinner inside. But like, it's still a risk. Like, what if you already have it? And so it's I, I self-included. I think the fatigue thing is real. And I've I've tried to balance judgment with reality in that, like, on the one hand, I'm like, everyone should just stay home by themselves. But then I'm like, everyone's tired of doing that. And how do we, like, and we're not getting, like, clear direction either, which doesn't help. So it's like, if the rule says 10 or less people and you should all get tested, then, like, is that okay if they're saying that? Or is it not okay? Or do they even know? Or do they <laughs> even know? That conversation with, like, my friend ended with, she was like, oh, so you're doing anything for Thanksgiving? And I was like, nope, I'm staying at home. I'm trying not to die. Like, not this year. Yeah. That's my choice. That's the choice I made. Even though I was invited to, like, a Friendsgiving and I was just like, I don't feel safe, like, getting together with a bunch of people that I don't know inside. Yeah. I just, I'm not going to do that right now. It's rough. And I, yeah. I think people are trying to negotiate those decisions all the time, but not necessarily it is really hard. Thing. Yeah. I mean, we negotiated that decision to travel, which is, is right. very much in the same bucket. And yeah, yeah it's tricky because like being on an airplane is also scary, but at least you can keep your mask on the entire time. Whereas like eating and drinking with people inside, that's and not You're not going to be six working. feet apart. You're not going <laughs> to, none of those things have happened. It's going to be yeah. all mold, mold wine and everything. Like that's mm-hmm. what it's going to be. But what can we do? I feel like I was talking about this with one of my company advisors this week. And because he was talking about his his family was making choices about this too. And I was like, I'm just going to try to find within me the strength to have more patience. Because after all of this quarantining and lockdown and hand sanitizer and being so vigilant, it would be so dumb if, like, at this moment, I finally, like, cracked and just was like, I'm going to do this. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't work that way. No. Because <laughs> you'll be mad as hell for all these precautions. So I'm like, I need to just, like, dig deep and find more patience within myself to wait this out. Mm-hmm. Or find people with antibodies that you can hang out with, <laughs> even though they don't know anything about what that really is. But apparently, like, there's only been, like, 10 people that have gotten, like, reinfected after being infected. Like, the rate is really low. Mm. But there's still, I mean, it's a new disease, period. We just don't know shit, honestly. Quick update from last week. I tried to buy another pair of dog boots, and these ones are too big. So now I'm on dog boots, pair three. I'm, like, returning so many dog boots right now. It's unbelievable. I had no idea how hard it was to buy clothes for a dog. Because dogs aren't meant to have clothes on. Yeah, they're really not. And the boots thing, it's just they're evil. No. Their feet and their, like, it's connected to their legs. There's no I know. joint separation. Work. Like, how do you even ergonomically design I, for I this? I don't think you do. But I also know that, like, they need them in the snow and the salt. It's a real thing. So hopefully next week I will have an update that I finally have a pair of dog boots that fit. That would be exciting. <laughs> we're, we're all rooting for you, Han.
culture this week, Sheree, I've been in a work cave and buying dog boots. So I want music recommendations. <laughs> it's been so interesting. So I was laughing. I first fell in love with music or realized that I loved music beyond the radio when I lived in Mexico City because mm. I could not listen to another Ranchero song. I was like, if I hear one more time, I'm going to lose my shit. Like, what is that? Like, I can't. I don't understand. I don't want to throw shade, but I don't understand how that whole part of the world has, like, such good music. And then Mexico, I'm like, but what happened here? I don't know. So I was like, (laughs) I got to figure out something else. And so I found this really cool music website called Now something. I can't even remember. And it's like not around anymore. I've been trying to figure it out since then. But anyway, I would get all this cool new music. And then Apple Music came along. So I started listening to that. But because I had Apple Music, I wasn't really ever, like I knew people were using Spotify and sometimes I was using Pandora, but I never really like used it until recently because I have a friend that's like always sending me music. And so I start looking into Spotify and I start seeing all these ways you can like make a new playlist based on one song that you're listening to that you like. And I feel like I just came out of the stone ages and into the world of music discovery in 2020. Like it's so ridiculous. And I am having a ball. Like I'm finding all the new songs. I love all of them. Um, My top three sort of discoveries this week One is a band that I like out of Nigeria called Odunsi. They dropped an album this year, did not know, and it's freaking amazing. And they have a song on there with this other artist called Amare, who's, she's, I think, Ghanaian. So her album is called The Angel You Don't Know, but she also has a feature on this Odunsi album, which is called Everything You Heard Is True. And the song is called Body Count, and it is everything. Like, it is, mm. it's just great. So those two things are part of my discoveries on music. And then I discovered Emily King, and I think her voice is freaking beautiful, and I could listen to her all day. I mean, she's super songsy, like, she lots of vocals, but it's good. Like, it's really soothing, beautiful melodies, all the things. So I am in a music rabbit hole right now. I'm beginning wow, to listen that to. that sounds so great. It's great. I love a music rabbit hole. Love it. Well, welcome to Spotify. I use both Apple Music and Spotify, but I do think Spotify is better for making playlists. Maybe next week we'll get you on TikTok. Yeah, imagine. In the meantime, I'll keep texting you TikToks that you can share with your son. Thanks. See how cool I'm making you look? I know. I know. <laughs> this is how. This is the way. Find you a friend that makes you look cool in front of your kid. Otherwise. I think we should do some takeaways. Yeah. Let's do it. Well, let's bring it back to your moment. I mean, I think... The biggest thing I'm feeling and thinking, but feeling for (laughs) sure, um, is that sometimes you have to shift the entire ecosystem to make something work. And it doesn't Mm. always mean the thing you're working at isn't the thing. And that was like a big thing I had to, because I was, this, some of this realization came in the like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. And I'm like, at this time, this is exactly what you should be doing. But that whole framework and operating system has to shift. 
for you to do yeah. it for who you are now and for what the world needs now. And so that's that's one. I think the other thing is like building things outside of work is possible and good. It's good to have those inputs that are not directly related to work to foster your creativity, to just give you different experiences. But it does. Yeah, take- for that serendipity factor. Yeah. Because yeah. you can't just have a methodical work routine. No. I mean, that's what I'm feeling right now. No. And it's really challenging in COVID to have that. Yep. Super challenging. But I think figuring that out is really important. Definitely. But then coming back and being like, all right, like, you know, what's the management for all this? Which is why I think self-management as an everyday decision is like my final takeaway because it's like, if you want to do incredible things in life and have an incredible impact on the world, you know, you're going to get to a level where self-management every day is the thing that you have to prioritize in order to get there. And there's no shortcut to that. There's no working around it. And that progress is not linear either. No, it's not even when you're doing that. Those are my takeaways. I mean, if anyone is sort of in a similar moment where they realize like, "Mm, this is not even just like, I need a break. This is, I need a shift. Like, I hope this was helpful because it's, we're navigating so much in this world. And if you're like us trying to build something, or even if you're just working on a project that you're just like stuck on, sometimes it's the whole approach that has to change. It makes me, your your point about self-management makes me think of Peter Drucker's excellent little book um, on self-management, the little orange one. Yeah. And I was reminded of it the other day because our mutual friend, Denisha, has a copy and she put it on her Instagram story. And I was like, oh my God, I love this book. And she was like, I love this book too. That's so funny. (laughs) And it's got such a pretty cover and it's so small and like cute that it's like such an easy thing to just like keep on a side table for Mm. like those moments when you're like, actually, I need to do this again because that progress is so bumpy and lumpy that like some weeks it's really working and some weeks it's like super not working and that's okay like we're human but like you I feel like I'm constantly going back to reassess and reimagine like what is the ecosystem how am I going to shift this what's working what's not working what do I need more of what do I need less of when it's a good time to be thinking about all these things with it being the end of the year it's a good time to reflect on our lives and our goals as we go into the next one Absolutely. I think this is going to be the first year that I do accounting, written, all of the things thing. Goal setting. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. I recommend it. Well, on that note, everyone, I think we got a show. We do have a show. Or we did. It's done now. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you next week. Same place, same time, next Thursday in all the places that you listen to your podcasts. Or drop us a line at GotRealPad on Instagram or Twitter. We would love to hear from you. 